Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back by no one's demand but our own from uh, not sunny, in fact, snowy, scenic Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee, and of course, Warm inside in the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. It's the 615 Sessions Podcast. I'm your host, Buck Rising. If you're new to the show, we're happy to have you. This is a roundtable discussion about the Tennessee Titans with all your favorites in Titans media. If you've never listened to the show, now's a good time to start because uh, it's a shit show. <laughs> it's a mess. Right now with the Tennessee Titans after a first round playoff exit as the number one seed in the AFC. So we're going to talk about it with Joe Rexroad of The Athletic and 102.5 The Game and our buddy Steve Lehman, sports anchor at News Channel 5, to go through the ins and outs and really the most complicated conversation about the quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. So we'll do that and get to some Music City Mailbag questions. At the end of the show as well, but first, I got to tell you about Two Rivers Ford, who makes this podcast possible. Now, it's a new year. We are officially in 2022, if you were unaware, and if you are in the new in the market for a new vehicle like I am, you should check out the Built For You program that Two Rivers Ford has going on. You can order any Ford, any color, with any available features, and Two Rivers Ford will order it for you and deliver it right to your door when the vehicle is manufactured. I've just done this with my 2022 Ford Explorer. It's being manufactured at the start of February. It'll be at the dealership in March. Wasn't even two months worth of turnaround for me to go through the Built for You program. By the way, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. If you're looking for a vehicle, Two Rivers Ford has the second largest selection of vehicles, or one of the largest selections of vehicles in the entire state. So for all things Ford, you want to trust the people who have been doing business with honesty and integrity since 1983. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. Let's get to Rex and Steve. Welcome back to the 615 Sessions podcast. Joe Rex Road is here. Steve Lehman will join us at some point. Of course, you can hear Joe on 1025 The Game, Robbie and Rex Road, six. To 10 a.m. every weekday morning and read him in theathletic.com. All right, so I, you do local radio. I do local radio. Has your entire week been just burn all the shit down the way that mine has? Because it's been toxic. <laughs> uh, well, maybe not all the shit, but burn down anything that has number 17 on it would be uh, uh, and anything with downing on it. Uh, that's mostly been, you know, it's like, whose fault? Who's at bigger fault? You and I have argued about that, by the way. I was about uh, to say, it's your text. fault that they're pissed at Tannehill. It's your fault. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. No, it's, yeah, it's been, uh, and then, of course, you get into, first of all, you, just the misery of that loss, the culpability, and then you get into the fantasy scenarios of, you know, of fixing it. Which, I don't know. I, actually, I'm interested to know what you think about that, Buck. 
Well, what I think about it is that the more time that we spend on this, as Steve Lehman of News Channel 5 joins us now. Uh, Steve, we were just talking about how our two uh, day jobs with Sports Talk Radio have just been burn all the shit down, basically, on the offensive side of the ball. And how I feel about it is that the quarterback sucked, but the offensive coordinator, um, with the opportunity to prove us all wrong and to give us this pick-your-poison offense, just kind of shit the bed a little bit. I mean, I think that's totally fair there, Buck. By the way, I'm pulling a U and doing this from the inside of my car this afternoon. But <laughs> the, the car pod is underrated. Listen, it's all about convenience, Steve. That, that's right. I, I just had to pull off the side of the road because I was stuck behind an oversized load that I couldn't get around to get home. So, but we're all good. Um, no, I, I think that's totally fair criticism about Todd Downing. I will say in his defense, he didn't have most of those weapons together for much of the year. So he didn't have the chance to really see a chemistry built where you had Derrick Henry running wild and then you had the play action built off of it. But this was as healthy as they were ever going to be in the postseason. All the expectations were there, and that was a totally uncreative, not very imaginative offense that we saw. And it didn't put Ryan Tannehill in the best position to succeed. Now, he's got to do better given what was called and what was in front of him. But some of those calls were just atrocious. I mean, the – and not just the calls themselves, but the way the offense is. This is not just a – it was a bad call on this particular play at this particular time against the Bengals. It was accumulation of 18 games. Like that Mike Hilton interception, I don't know if you guys have hit on this throughout the course of the week or not, but that is a basic concept that the Titans call. It is a run or a pass based off of what the defense lines up in. So it was called as a run, but if they line up in a certain thing, it automatically checks to a pass. Well, guess who knew that? The Bengals. And guess who really knew that? Mike Hilton. He knew if he lined up where he was, given the defense, that that was going to get checked into the screen to Chester Rogers. He's on a cornerback blitz. He has no designs at all to go after Tannehill. He is absolutely making a beeline to put his hand up and get a paw in front of that pass out to the screen, and it turns into an interception. That's a tendency thing that the Titans did throughout the course of the year that the Bengals studied up well, and they made a play on it. That's not necessarily Tannehill or Downing in that spot, but that's the offense as a whole, which comes back to Downing. You could say the same thing on third and one later on. That zone read, if you know the Titans and that personnel group, that's a zone read every single time. And the Bengals obviously knew it. Zach Taylor taught Brian Tannehill how to run the zone read. So they were totally clued in there. To me, this was much more about the tendencies of the Titans offense throughout the entire course of the year than any particular play call or any particular play. Rex Rod, I'm going to let you defend your boy Downing here in just a second. But with the way that I look at this, um, the, the problem for me is it's they've been doing this. This is four years of them looking some form or fashion like this style of offense, right? It's the way they're built. They're playing to their personnel. But the, the, the further we get away from Arthur Smith and what makes Arthur Smith Arthur versus Todd Downing with basically the same fundamental play calling principles – the tendencies are just different. Like the way that I'm thinking about this, Rex, is at some point they have to make a decision if they are going to continue to play this way and the Bengals get better and Patrick Mahomes looks more efficient and Josh Allen seems to be like getting close to the peak of his 
freakish powers, can they legitimately keep up playing the style of football that they are currently content to play? Yeah, that's a fair question. Look, and those are all great points on Downing, and I agree. And I just, you know, it's one of those things where it's almost like uh, it's something where it's hard to put your finger on. You just knew when you watch an Arthur Smith called game, you know, it's like, it's like, look, I could never direct you a good movie, but like, I know a good movie. Right. And I'm like, man, that was really well done. And you can see he kept that defense off balance. And I did not, uh, I did not feel that enough at all from Todd Downing. I felt like they were too predictable overall this year. There were, there were weeks that were better than other weeks. Right. But I'm still going with this game. With all that said, like, I'm sorry, I'm still going with the guy who – and that's that play is, is I think, the most excusable. But the other two picks by Tannehill, like, I mean, if, if you do that and you look at the circumstances of this game, really the only way you lose this game is if that player does that. You still win this game and are playing Sunday if that player doesn't do what he did. So I've still got to start with him and be really concerned about how tight he looked um, – how you know locked in how tunnel vision he was and and I think it was this season as well uh way more than we had ever seen it from Tannehill which I have to assume has something to do with protection but also does it have does it have something to do with the change of partnership you know going from Smith to uh to Downing I, I would have to think so right uh, not based on what Mike Vrabel had to say to your question specifically. Which, what, which was no, which was no. no. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that he didn't, didn't expound on that for five minutes on, on the differences. Uh, it's, the, it's the biggest upset, not even playoff football related. Steve, I mean, at what point, at what point do, they, do they kind of reevaluate and self-scout this thing um, and say, is he, I mean, he doesn't have to be the solution long-term. Like it just, it literally just has to be for next season. Is there nothing else that they can do to kind of prop this guy back up again and get him closer to the version of 40 total touchdowns that we saw in 2020 without these egregious errors? Cause Rex Rhodes, right. Like they played several of those games this year and Ryan Tannehill against zone coverage was wretched all season. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. I I think there's a couple parts to this answer. Number one, I don't know what you'd have to see to believe that when you actually get into January and playoff football that Ryan Tannehill is the guy that's going to lead you past Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or now Joe Burrow in this division because you just haven't seen it. Even in the AFC Championship run of two years ago, it wasn't him. It was Henry running like a maniac through the playoffs that got them to the AFC championship game. I was kind of like Rex Road in the whole camp of, I would defend Tannehill to like anybody around the country and say, look at his numbers through the regular season and look how much he's winning. I think he can do it because he doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes. But after watching this game over the weekend, I'm not sure it's there. I'm not sure he can be good enough for two or three games in the playoffs to get the Titans where they ultimately want to be. That said, to your question about next year, yeah, I do think there's a few things can happen. One, you got to imagine the offense is going to be healthier next year than it was this year. And if he gets better protection up front throughout the entirety of the season and has Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry out there for most of the season, I think he's automatically going to be better. The second thing is, and this probably has to do with whatever they do personnel-wise at tight end, 
But the offense, while very similar, had one very stark difference this year. Their base offense for the last few years under Arthur Smith was too tight end. Yep. They were 12 personnel the majority of the time. The base offense this year was 11 personnel with three wide receivers on the field because they didn't have enough at the tight end position to do that, I assume. If they can fix that and get back to that and be a little bit more base, run Henry more effectively throughout the entire season and build off of that in play action where clearly Tannehill was at his best over the last two years, I think you can be better. And then you throw in the big play aspect of hopefully AJ and Julio healthy. I think there is a chance this offense could take a significant step next year just by the simple fact of being healthy and maybe changing around the personnel groupings a little bit. That said, though, even if Ryan Tannehill throws for 30 touchdowns and eight interceptions next year during the regular season, when they get into a divisional round playoff game against one of those guys we just mentioned earlier, who are you taking? Which quarterback are you picking in that game? Because after what I saw last weekend, I mean, he's middle in the pack in the AFC amongst the contenders in terms of quarterbacks I would trust in a postseason game. Yeah, I think the evidence, it's enough at this point, right? Because they got to the playoffs twice. Now they've hosted home playoff games. And the opponent where they've been able to maybe not run at will all season long, they've gotten to the postseason twice, and the opponent has said, no, this is the last This is the last game potentially of the season. You're not going to run the football, and the quarterback's going to have to beat, uh, beat us. And against Baltimore and against Cincinnati, the quarterback literally just could not beat the opponent once they took the running game away. And they, they had, what, almost 140 rushing yards yeah, in this game. Yeah, they ran game. some. Yeah. yeah, they ran fine. They tried to do what they did. And they like he said after the game to all of us in this Zoom and to everybody else that was in the press conference, well, we didn't make enough plays to make the game. And I'm sitting there screaming in my head, no, you literally did. You just blew it. You just blew it. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, um, you know, what about internally here? Uh, you know, I mean, look, no one will ever say it, but if I'm Amy Adams strong, if I'm John Robinson, if I'm Mike Vrabel, if I've any, if I'm any player on this team, you telling me that there's not a little bit different feel about Ryan Tannehill now than there was one week ago today going into this game. Certainly there's a, at least in that locker room, there's a different feeling around him. They're going to publicly pick him up because they need him. But like, I'll tell you for damn sure. There's a different feeling about Ryan Tannehill right now. There has to be. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough situation. There's always the, uh, you know, there's always the fantasy scenario of going to get someone else. I mean, there's, there's a, have you, have you been dealing with that buck? Have you been talking through the Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson? Who else? I've got, I've gotten, I've gotten way too many Deshaun Watson calls this week. I got <laughs> way too many Deshaun Watson. All of a sudden the guy throws three picks and alleged, and, and you want to bring an alleged, alleged sex offender in here to come play quarterback who won four games the last time he was on a football field. Go ahead, Steve. That one is definitely not that. That one absolutely <laughs> is not happening. I, I can't see based off of the finances how any of them happen, but who knows? Maybe John Robinson can pull a rabbit out of his hat. To your other question, though, and what Joe is hinting at, I think even some of the answers we've heard from guys hint at the fact that they're frustrated with how Tannehill played in this game. Because all season long, when he had a rough game, they stood up and they're like, oh, no, he's our guy. It's it, just a bad day, or we all got to be better. And they, they hinted at that here. But there were some guys who were like, ah, I'll leave what I told him off the table here. 
you know, he he's our guy, but we all got to play better. It was, there was a hint of the answers this time around that definitely left you feeling, all right, maybe they're not as sold on this guy, or maybe they're a little bit more frustrated about the way this game played out than before. And, I mean, that's going to be something else that they're going to have to deal with next year, probably for the first time, really, is Tannehill's going to have to sort of win over the locker room again at the beginning of the season. And once again, even if he has a tremendous regular season, there's going to have to be a little level of doubt probably in everybody in that locker room and maybe most importantly his own mind when he goes into the playoffs next year that can I actually do this and how much pressure is on me to do it and to prove it they're gonna have to work through all of that next year well Rex Road I thought that was probably Vrabel's most honest moment on Monday when he wasn't shitting on your question was (laughs) when he was asked about uh, when he was asked about Ryan Tannehill, and he said, you know, there's there's toughness there. He's got the accuracy at times to make the plays that we need him to make. But he he literally said, we need to be great around him. You need everybody else to be great around him. And I think we were all, you know, uh, all cognizant of limitations with Ryan Tannehill. But this brings it into a much, much different light. Yeah, there's signs that he can complete passes from time to time. No, he didn't say that, but I, the, the, there's signs of accuracy was interesting. Um, yeah, and look, so, and, I, and I think he's right. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it was definitely, like in the moment, I, I took it as, as a pretty strong endorsement of Tannehill, but certainly if you go back and like listen to what he said about Downing, what he said about Tannehill, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. But he's right. I mean, They've got to get a tight end. I totally agree with, with Steve. They were a 12 base team, and I think it was very effective for them. And I think that – I think maybe you're right that it's, um, you know, the, the the tight end situation led them to that. But I think it was the plan, too, when they got Julio Jones. I think that yeah. they thought that they would be better in 11. You know, Josh Reynolds came from the Rams, a heavy 11 team. Um, I think that they had a different vision for what it would look like with different yeah, And guys. in fairness, it's, we never really saw that with a healthy team either, like – yeah. If all those guys are healthy the entire year, who knows? Maybe we're talking about an incredible offense off of 11 personnel, but we never really got to see that. Yeah. Right. So they need, they need a real tight end. I mean, they need, a, they need a legit tight end that we can look at and say, okay, that is their tight end moving forward. I think they need to go back to that. They need, they need another receiver. They need a receiver, again, who can stretch a defense the other way. Um, and they, to me, if you want to be great around them, you, you need to be just about the damn 85 bears on defense next year. I mean, if we're talking about actually being still in a window to make a run and then Todd Downing has just got to have a way better off season and season. He's got to be way better w- on his own and with Tannehill. Yeah. Oh, well, and, uh, you know, I mean, realistically, based on where the contract status of Derrick Henry is you probably got one more crack at this thing with like real Derrick Henry or as close to that version as the post foot surgery Henry is going to look like Steve Lehman of news channel five somewhere on a highway pulled over to the side of the road. Thank God. We want Steve to be safe on his way. I'm sure to call 75 Belmont basketball games where of course you can hear him on the call. You can hear Joe Rex road six to 10 AM weekday mornings on one Oh two five, the game Robbie and Rex road, Second for a reason, although you should go read his off-season uh, to-do checklist article at theathletic.com because he says Harold Landry is the priority, and I would say to you that he's wrong, but you can still read him anyway. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Ooh. 
You I want to debate this more, but thank you. We can debate this later. You're the one who has a meeting. We'll do another podcast. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks. Yeah. All right, some Music City mailbag questions on a Friday, given that their, uh, that their season ended the way that it did so abruptly. Uh, there are a ton of Music City mailbag questions, so we'll get to as many as we can here before we get you out of here and on your way to enjoy your off-season and your football weekend. By the way, before we uh, get into the Music City Mailbag, I'm going to be doing the podcast from Senior Bowl, from Mobile, Alabama, next weekend, because uh, next week, rather, because the draft for us here in Nashville starts officially uh, this week. So with all that being said, we'll have some great interviews from Senior Bowl, and I'll get you some good draft content, because I'll be doing the radio show live down there all week, and we'll be doing primetime, so you guys will be along for the ride. Also, I'm going to the Super Bowl to do my radio show on Radio Row in L.A. So you guys are going to have, we're, we're going to take a road trip together the next couple of weeks on the pod. But we'll start with Cliff Reddish. Buck, I listened to the show yesterday, but you are still not addressing the two-point attempt. Tannehill is taking way too much heat for the debacle. Are you afraid to push Vrabel on this decision? Trying to get one yard? Give me a break, Buck. I thought we were trying to win the game, not get a yard. All Harry Douglas was talking about is true. Harry Douglas, by the way, I add parenthetically, was on the radio show on Monday. The offensive game plan was terrible. The wide receiver screen after running down their throats, the poor play design on the play action that Blaine Bishop talked about. All of this was weak, but the two-point sums it up. We know whose decision that was, and it's not Tannehill or Downing. No excuse. You gain nothing going up 8-6. to six. Instead, we lose momentum and don't take the lead. Could have been 17-16, even with a terrible game from the offense. Third pick wouldn't have happened, and Tannehill would still be the man. My God, Cliff Reddish has a lot to say. So, with all that, um, here's the thing. Because I know the two-point conversion did not go in their favor. The math said go for it. And honestly, I completely understood Mike Vrabel's decision to go for it in that spot. If you don't make it, Still tie ball game. If you do make it, you go up 8-6. Yes, you don't necessarily benefit from the math of being up two points as opposed to being up one point in that instance. But the momentum's on your side. You get the penalty, and it doesn't quite cost you the way that I think most people think thinks it costs you because then you're assuming that the rest of the game plays out the exact same way. And you have no idea that the rest of the game would play out the same way. So for all of my criticisms of that game, like two-point conversion, the failed two-point conversion after Derrick Henry's wildcat, what does Mike Keith call it, king cat touchdown run, I, I just I don't care about the two-point conversion nearly as much as the rest of you seem to. Um, oh, before we get into the rest of the Music City Mailbag, i got to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm sorry, I'm out of order. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. You bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code A2Z Sports. That's A T O Z Sports. And get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. You bet just 5 bucks and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code A2Z Sports. 
for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus, Tennessee only. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1 800 889 9789. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Okay, back to the Music City mailbag. Sorry about that. We go then to uh, Hell, is it Hell Gato? Hell underscore Gato underscore 6.2. All right. Buck, do you think the offense gets revamped like the defense did last year? So he's talking about it from a personnel standpoint. So here's the deal. Um, Julio Jones under contract till 2024. (laughs) A.J. Brown still on his rookie deal, although in a contract year. Ryan Tannehill's coming back at that price point unless you can move mountains and find a way to move that quarterback contract without having to eat a bunch of money on it. The offensive line is the thing that I think if you want to say revamped, it's probably not going to be drastic, like all that drastically different, but I would imagine that you see two new starters on the offensive line. I think that David Questenberry, who is an unrestricted free agent at right tackle, I think that he will be uh, replaced. I think that Roger Saffold for that price point is probably not coming back for that money. And at Roger's age, I believe Roger to be, and in fact, I'll look this up, Quickly, I believe Roger Saffold to be 33 years old. He is 33. He will be 34 in June. And Roger's still a good player. Uh, Roger used to be the best guard in all of football. Now, he's not quite that anymore, but he's still a great player. I just think for the money that he's making, um, he is more of a luxury than you should be ready to afford. Taylor Lewan is also expensive, but I think Lewan is more important at this point, I think that Nate Davis still on a rookie contract. I don't think there's any need to extend him right now based on the up and down, the variance of his season, although 2022 could be different. And I think Ben Jones, who is an unrestricted free agent, needs to come back. But yeah, tight end, will be, there will be a new starter. I, be, I imagine you're talking two new starters on the offensive line. Um, but other than that, I mean, the core of this team is going to be back. So uh, defense, defense had, what, six or seven? new starting players or new starters on that defense, I think that you would I think you would at most see four on offense, which isn't quite a full blown revamp. Uh we got Penny, who provides a YouTube video and says, Great breakdown of some of the topics you and Greg were talking about on the podcast. And there's two plays that ended the Titan season on YouTube on a channel called No Flags Film. And the plays, uh, as they look to be, well, they're they're two of the uh, they're two of the interceptions by Ryan Tannehill. Um, we've gone through those those plays, the interceptions certainly, at great length. And yeah, I mean, listen, there's there's plenty of reasons they lost that football game, but more than anything, more than anything, it was the turnovers. Uh, let's see, we go to B Bailey ninety six. Um, who uh, uses words that I will not use on the podcast, but says, I'm smoking something if I think Tannehill is better than Jimmy G. Uh, that was, uh, oh, apparently he called the radio show and he sent me some videos of Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Tannehill is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, there's just not disputing it. Garoppolo has thrown two touchdowns and six interceptions in his last four games. He's won two playoff games, throwing no touchdowns and one interception in each game. And they're winning with Garoppolo at quarterback. And they've done a great deal of winning 
with Garoppolo at quarterback. The difference is you have Todd Downing and they have Kyle Shanahan. So don't give me the Bailey, uh, the idea that Tannehill is not a more talented player at the position than Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. Um, there's just too much evidence to the contrary of that. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, there's somebody tagged Jaron Watts has tagged me in the polar plunge. Yeah, I'm doing the polar plunge by the way. Um, if you guys want to donate to that, that would be swell. Our goal is $3,000, um, to raise money for special Olympics of Tennessee. And if you want more information, you can do the polar plunge too, by the way, you can join my team and we can polar plunge together. All you have to do is go to my Twitter account and you will see the link pinned to the top of my Twitter account. Uh, so I appreciate Jaron for reminding me to plug that. YN underscore T money on YouTube says, will Julio Jones play for the Titans next year? And the answer to that is yes, barring a significant change um, in direction with Julio. Now let me give you the money on Julio right now because he is under contract, as I mentioned earlier, until 2024 based on the deal that he signed in Atlanta uh, in 2020. He signed that deal in Atlanta when? Let me double check. He signed that deal in Atlanta in 2019. Um, oh, forgive me. Okay, so he is he is under contract until 2023 as opposed to 2022. But they did restructure his deal. So the dead cap hit is, I mean, the savings are negligible with Julio. He's only making 11.5 next year. His cap hit will be 14.3, which, by the way, is up $10 million from what his cap hit was in 2021 because of the restructure. So his cap hit 14.3, his dead cap hit 13.2. So you would be saving $1.1 million if you cut Julio Jones. It's just not worth it to do that this season, especially next year um, when his dead cap hit is near, it's cut by $5 million. So 2023, when he's 34 years old, you can get significant savings. Um, this year, the the million dollars that you save, uh, it's just it's just not worth it at this point. So, Music City Mailbag here on the podcast. If you want to send us questions to answer, uh, we're always happy to do that. All you got to do is slide in my DMs on Instagram at Buck Rising R E I S I N G. It'll do it for us today. When next we talk, it'll be from Mobile, Alabama, at the Senior Bowl, which I'm very much looking forward to. And I'm looking forward to taking you guys with me. Some great, some great draft conversations coming then. So we'll talk to you next Friday on the 615 Sessions Podcast.